0: Pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good
1: afternoon. Right now at 106, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Right now, it's 106 on this Wednesday, and this portion of the program is fresh by JKL Engineering. Call them today, folks, JKL 401. 351 7600. With JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, new installation replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL, call them today, 401 351 7600. Estimates are free, financing is available. You know, for 54 years, J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none. Now, if you're listening right now, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You can depend on JK Engineering. Call them today, 401-351-7600, 401 351 7600 for for J. K. Engineering. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's the John DePetro Show. Make sure you check out our website, depetro.com We have uh, exclusive stories, interviews. If you want to reach me, get a hold of me, Depetro.com which is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. Hey, they had the Red Sox Yankees on last night. Red Sox season continues, plus Patriot Games. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop and see Dana, and his crew. Folks, have watched games there. I'm gonna check my schedule. Well, who knows? I may be there this weekend in Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland, where uh, it's family friendly, it's clean, and on top of that, they also have karaoke Friday, Saturday nights, and the NFL ticket on Sundays. End Zone Sports Pub. So as I mentioned, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's uh, 108 in the Ocean State. If you want to, if you would like to uh, reach me, you can always go to the website which is depetro.com, d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com, uh, and then you just can click on Contact John, and that is uh, one of the easiest ways. I'm also seeing four injured in shooting at high school in Arlington, Texas. The shooter identifies 18-year-old Timothy George Simpkins, fled and is at large. So uh, that is that I'm hearing is the latest on that, and that was just nine minutes ago. So they know who they're looking for. Um, Facebook whistleblower, part of team that censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. <laughs> um, I don't know what to make of that, but I want to get to Matt Brown was on Channel 12, and he is not backing down matt brown is not backing down what i mean by that and he is um without question i i think again would i vote for him I, No, but i he could be a force in a democrat primary so he did an interview with um kim kalunian i think it was yesterday they do this segment community focus and she went after him pretty aggressively nothing wrong with that so i like him I respect him. I think she does a good job. So I want want you to hear it though. Former Rhode Island Secretary of State, she took it kind of right to him, so to speak, and uh, and he was ready for it. Um, he is. I, I am telling you, he is not to be underestimated. Don't underestimate this guy. And he has never waited his turn. Big thing in the Democrat Party is you're going to wait your turn. You're, you're not supposed to be running now. This is someone else's turn to run. And he doesn't follow that. Um, I would say I don't, I don't think he's, he's ever followed that. Maybe some of it to his own peril. Uh, he does not just go along to get along the way a lot of them do. A lot of the people that run just want, you know, they'll wait their turn till the party leadership tells them it's okay to go for the next office. Um, and for some reason... This is not, here we go, okay. This is, uh, but it's worth listening to, and I'm going to do a little stop and start. This is former Rhode Island Secretary of State, long time ago, by the way, Matt Brown with uh, Channel 12's Kim Clooney. It was a Zoom, by the way. She, He was not in studio, which I think was a little bit of a mistake, but they accommodated him. So let's listen Today to it. Today
2: we're joined by the latest Democrat to get into the race, former Secretary of State Matt Brown, joining us now live via Zoom. Matt, thanks for being here.
3: Thanks for having me, Kim.
2: So a couple of weeks ago here on 12 News at 4, we were joined live in studio by your former colleague and friend, current Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea. She's also running for governor. She declared before you did. Why not support her in her quest to become Rhode Island's first Latina governor?
3: Well, can we just have very different visions for the state? My view is that this state has been run for as long as we can remember by a corrupt political machine. And they've looked out for themselves. They've looked out for their corporate backers. They've looked out for those.
1: Uh, Let me just listen to the number of times he says corrupt corporate machine. All right. Again, let's play it. This is Matt Brown on Channel 12 with Kim Kalunian.
3: we richest people in the state, and they've ignored and disregarded everybody else. And so... Uh, What we need to do is not just win the governor's seat uh, and not just win the lieutenant governor's seat, and I'm running with the great Cynthia Mendes for lieutenant governor, but to win a whole new government. And so we're running alongside 50 extraordinary people from across the state uh, to oust this corrupt political establishment, win a whole new government for Rhode Island, and finally have a government that is gonna work for the people, that's gonna build a Rhode Island for all the people. That means making sure that the very richest people pay their fair share in taxes. It means passing a Green New Deal. It means affordable housing for everyone. It means a Medicare for all style healthcare system. All these things we should done a long time ago and we're the only candidates in the race who refuse to take the
2: corporate pack and corporate lobbyists and fossil fuel uh, money because we're not going to work
3: for them we're going to work for the people of the state
2: I, I want to ask you about something that a senior advisor for the Rhode Island Democratic Party said just after you announced your candidacy now, she said last on, time stop the ran, voters said, quote, no I think this is of-
1: I think this is a little unfair what you're about to hear Simply because the person that said this, Kate Coyne McCoy, wouldn't do an interview with Channel 12 to say it. So it is true she issued a statement, but to read the full statement when Kate Coyne McCoy, COVID McCoy, she was the one that said, I hope Lindsey Graham dies from COVID. But to play the full, read the full statement after... That's, and normally, I, I think it's a, a little bit of a judgment call. Channel 12 obviously is going to do whatever they want, but I would think you'd say to Kate Coyne McCoy, listen, you want us to read that, then you need to come and read it to us on camera. We're not just going to, right, we're not just going right? we're, we're to, you know, read your statement, almost like doing your dirty work for you. All right, let, let's, um, it continues with Matt Brown
2: of lies, ethical lapses, and your trail of broken promises, quote, Mr. Brown surfaces during election cycles in a vain attempt to get himself elected, end quote. What's your response?
3: That's an extremely unusual statement uh, from a political party during a primary against a candidate.
1: And I think the only way... Hold on, stop. Actually, unprecedented, folks. Unprecedented. And... What I also don't like about Channel 12 asking him about her statement is, to my knowledge, Channel 12 didn't ask her by saying, you know, that's an unprecedented attack on someone who's running within the Democrat Party. thought it was, I don't want to say below the belt. Um, I understand what they wanted to do. Uh, I think. I, a little bit of kind of doing a heavy lifting for K coin McCoy, who was probably sitting there chuckling after she didn't have to do an interview with Channel 12. She didn't have to explain why it, she was attacking him in such an unusual move. A uh, little bit. I don't know about that. I don't know about asking him about that. I. Mm, all right, let's, let's hear how he answers it pretty well. A little bit of, I don't want to say dirty politics, could have gone either way. But I I would have liked if Channel 12 made her say it over Zoom or say it to a reporter
3: is that the political establishment, this corrupt political machine that has done so much harm to the people of this state is terrified. And they're terrified because we've got a big group of people running. It's a credible threat. The Rhode Island Political Cooperative won 10 races in the 2020 cycle. We're going to have 50 candidates that we're running alongside with me and Cynthia Mendez running for governor and lieutenant governor, all on a shared platform that is finally going to end the harm and the pain that this political machine has wrought on the people of this state. They take money from luxury condo developers for their
1: campaigns and
3: give them tax breaks and do nothing to address affordable housing for middle-class and working people in this state. They take money from the health insurance industry for their campaigns. Can we stop
1: the tape there for a moment? You know where he's not wrong? And again, folks, good afternoon at 116. This is Democrat Matt Brown, by the way. You know where he's not wrong is, I don't know about addressing... The, you know, housing crisis, affordable housing crisis. But where he's not wrong is right now it's 117 on this Wednesday. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Where he's not wrong, and this is a common tactic. You want to build a condo complex. You want to build a condo complex. I want you to donate to me. Right? I'm whatever. Elected official. Some elected position. I want you to donate. Now, I can do it one of two ways. I could either, I want you to donate to my campaign. I could say, yeah, I have no problem with you building that condo complex. I have no problem with that and hope that you would build it. What's what's a more tried and true tactic? How about this one? I have a lot of reservations about your project. I have a lot of reservations about your project. So you make a donation. Then I say, eh, coming around on it, but the tax is going to be high. Well, now you throw a fundraiser and then guess what happens? You can build it and there'll be tax credits. Folks, that goes on. You never hear anyone call them out on it. But Matt Brown just did.
3: And then block Medicare for All style healthcare so everyone could see a doctor. They take money from the fossil fuel industry for their campaigns and then refuse to shut down the polluting fossil fuel industry in the Port of Providence and other parts of the state. So it's just, you know, none of that is news. Like, if you go out and talk to anybody across the state, they know that we've been uh, that the government's been run and dominated by this corrupt political establishment. The news here is that there's finally something we can do about it because we've got this extraordinary group of people. We're going to fight for their communities, 50-plus people all across the state. We're going to oust this corrupt political machine once and for all and create a government that's going to work for all the people of this state.
2: Yeah, you've been talking a little bit about campaign donations. I want to ask you about the group that you co-founded. Now listen to this. They're
1: again, now they're going to go after him about some of these Democrats that don't want to be part of it. Now, I'll also say this. And again, folks, at 119, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. I think Matt Brown, I'm assuming, I don't know this, but Nellie Gobia was in person. I'm assuming they gave him the option of being on this in person. I think he made a mistake by not doing that, unless he's away out of state and traveling, which he could certainly be doing. But in person, he gives off—he is um, Matt Brown again. I've I've known the guy now for close to 20 years. When I first covered him, covered him, he was part of a city year, I think the name it was, and he got all these kids, you know, registering to vote, and then he ran and defeated. Ed Inman, that's right, who was the party favorite in uh, the – it was an election after uh, Congressman Landon went to Congress, and then – so they had a special election for Secretary of State. But – or maybe it was just in the general. But um, he's – he's – you know, he's actually – I don't know. I wouldn't say like towering, but he's not short. And where I think he missed an opportunity, he would have been better in person – and I don't know if the questions are so aggressive if he's in person. Um, he's just like peering in on a Zoom. So now, now they're going to ask about some of these people that have left this socialist, Democrat, co-op, collaborative. And again, um, I don't know. I don't know if this, this piece helps him. I think it would have been better in person. Little Channel 12, they're certainly doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the people against him. Uh, some of the people that wrote these different things about him, I don't see them being interviewed saying them. They're just, someone's writing them. I should say that. Someone is, is writing them. Let's just hear this a uh, little bit. No, I mean, it's aggressive. It's it's fair, but I just feel that those that are against the guy, um, I, I'm not... I think you got to ask both. You want us to ask that, do an interview, and you know say that into the camera. Let's let's hear what the final thing.
2: You have multiple candidates who are running for office. It's a progressive group that's mounting challenges mainly in the legislature. What is your exact relationship with the co-op?
3: Uh, I co-founded it with two extraordinary women uh, leaders in this state, Jennifer Warwick and Janine Colkin. and we and were the co-chairs of it, and we volunteer for it. Uh, and we came together in uh, 2018, 2019, and shared a view that we were passed out of time in this state, that we were passed out of time. win one or two races against this corrupt political establishment every cycle, that we needed to build an effort, build a movement, get organized, and win a full governing majority, oust the corrupt political leadership that we've had that has done so much harm to the people here uh, and win a governing majority of people on a shared platform with a shared commitment to actually have a government that is going to serve the people not corporate interests not the wealthy interests but the people of this state pass a green new deal get people the health care that they need make sure we have good schools for all of our kids do all the things that we should have done in this state a long time ago, and the only thing that has stood in our way is this corrupt political machine. And we now have a chance to oust them and get a new government for the people in the state. And it's really exciting, it's really hopeful. Uh, I encourage everybody listening to get out and vote for Gina Pham, who's our terrific. He lost in uh, in the special election today. It's been really exciting out there today. He lost, and then. Uh, And they get involved and support all these terrific candidates.
2: And Matt, just quickly before we let you go, we have less than 30 seconds. I understand members of the co-op pay dues. You just said you're a volunteer, so I assume you don't take a salary from the co-op. How much are those dues? Where does that money go in less than 30 seconds?
3: Well, it depends on the races, but the dues are for comprehensive campaign support. So um, candidate training, uh, 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 support and oversight uh, for campaign managers, writing campaign plans, support for communications uh, and policy. So all the things that candidates need to uh, build and run a winning campaign. And we're seeing the terrific work of the co-op but also great uh, other great progressive organizations like Sunrise and Black Lives Matter and Reclaim that have been out working for GINA-FAM in this special election today. Knocking doors, making phone calls, Uh, and we encourage
2: everybody to get out there and vote in that election. Polls are still
1: open for another few hours. All right, that's all the time we have. She lost. uh, Kim, excuse me, the the candidate lost. Um, They then go on to say that, um, they then go on to say that hopefully next time you come back, you'll answer the question. Good line of questioning. Um. Good good line of questioning, a little little aggressive, a little aggressive, but that's fine. I'd rather have that, rather have the aggressive questioning. Hey, at the same time, I'll say this, this guy's certainly throwing a lot of, he's throwing some haymakers. So if he wants to do that, um, you got to expect that some of the, the pushback is, is going to come back at you. Pretty rough, and I'd, I'd say it was fair. Uh, in bounds is what I mean. I think it was in bounds. Maybe a little rougher than than normal, but within bounds, folks. I want to um remind you on this sunny Wednesday about our friend Marie. It's my health. Now, maybe you're listening right now, and perhaps you're on Mendon Road. Pop in and see Marie. And It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, where you're going to find. Now, I I know that a number of you have driven past and maybe you never stopped in. Make today the day. It's My Health. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, where you're going to find a store. First of all, Marie is so knowledgeable and helpful. And maybe you want to just try some of her different teas. There are some different people that um, really love to try different teas or you go online and have to order teas from all different types of places. and, And instead, you could shop local. And get something that's right in in your own backyard, and they may have exactly what you're looking for. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by The Ounce, plus hemp and CBD products. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, I also want to play, to just give you an idea of how difficult things are. In the city of Providence, you had these PC students, parents weekend, and they're showing some, I think some, they're showing them like a round, and they, they were assaulted right off campus, and... This is the type of thing. Let me, I want you to just hear this story from Channel 12. Providence
0: College says they all happened in the area of the school's campus.
2: An open forum was held this evening so the campus and Providence police could update students on the violence. 12 News reporter Rob Nesbitt spoke to one of the victims and joins us live in studio with more on the attack that sent her
4: to the hospital. Rob?
5: She and Megan Cowell spent her junior year virtually. She's back on campus at Providence College for her senior year, but says the school hasn't done enough to make her and others feel safe.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's ever been this
5: bad. Megan Cowell and Abby Winnikainen spent Saturday night out with friends. The Providence College seniors say for parents' weekend, they each took their moms out with them. Violence met them on their walk home
2: people that attacked us were on the corner of the street and kind of just came at us with no reason.
5: They say the group of young men look to be between 17 and 19 years old, one of them shoving Megan to the ground. She went to the hospital after the attack to find out the pain in her leg is a strained tendon.
4: All right there is bruise.
5: According to dean of student Stephen Sears, recently there's been six assaults like hers around Providence College. The most of them have been in some type of violence, like some physical act that has taken place. So that's that's real concerning. Dean Sears says two of the assaults involved PC students. The rest were all reported by students of other colleges who live in the area person from Johnson Wales that was on a scooter, that a vehicle at the back of the scooter. The attack's happening late at night, with some victims being robbed of their phones and wallets, according to Sears. He says both undercover and uniformed police will be patrolling the campus, and that two arrests have been made in connection to the recent violence.
0: We're doing everything we can within our power to keep our students safe and the neighborhood safe.
5: Not everyone is convinced. Cowell says a police cruiser was about 20 feet away when she was assaulted.
2: Police don't are more focused on breaking up parties than they are trying to like
4: locate these people at night.
5: Dean Sears says students or members of the public with any information about an assault should call the Providence College Public Safety Office. You can find their number in the store.
1: Now I want to um just go back and see whether or not they you know let, let's hear the description that we're supposed to be looking for, right? Because, you know, so much of this, folks, it's political correctness that takes over. And I want to just hear, let's hear a description of young men. So who are we talking about? Young men. Isn't that interesting? Can't be more descriptive. I want to just hear the beginning of the story and see if this is just another political correct element of it. Are we really supposed to be looking for someone? So let's listen. I mean, it is terrible, but let's pick it up. And especially where the reporter and then the two victims that were there assaulted right there. So let's pick it up again.
5: Cowell spent her junior year virtually. She's back on campus at Providence College for her senior year, but says the school hasn't done enough to make her and others feel safe.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's ever been this bad.
5: Megan Cowell and Abby Winikainen spent Saturday night out with friends. The Providence College seniors say for Parents Weekend, they each took their moms out with them. Violence met them on their walk home.
2: The people that attacked us were on the corner of the
5: street and black or white. Just came at us with no reason. What do they look they say like? a group of young men looked to be between 17 and 19 years old. White or black? One of them shutting Megan to the ground. Latino.
1: She went to the hospital Asian. after the attack to find out the pain in her leg is a strained tendon. Group of white kids, group of black kids.
5: According to Dean of Students Stephen Sears, recently there's been six assaults like hers around Providence
0: College. And most of them happen. In some type of violence, like some physical act that right. has taken
1: place. Now, again, I feel for the let me let me hear the rest of this report. I don't think they describe. Why can't you say there were a group of young black men that attacked us? So, well, that so sounds
5: So concerning. Dean Sears says two of the assaults involved PC students. The rest were all reported by students of other colleges who live in the area person from johnson wales that was on a scooter that uh, a vehicle hit the back of the scooter
1: the attacks happening late at night with some victims being robbed of their phones and moving To Sears, he says both undercover
5: and uniformed police will be patrolling the campus all right Words.
1: Was, was it black on white crime is this white on white crime now right now at 132 here's a fear question Juan, why are you asking about that? Why Well, because let's just say there's a group of young black males that are attacking people. So now you're some students and you're out walking around the campus and it's off campus. Listen, they want to live off campus. They want to live off campus. So the, the college can't patrol. Now it falls into the police. Now it falls into the police. It's not campus police. Now, let's say it was a group of Asian youths. Okay, now you're walking. Maybe you have pepper spray. Maybe you have something else. And now is the time to be on guard. But you'd never know it from that report. Why is that missing?
0: We're doing everything we can within our power to keep our students safe and the neighborhood safe.
1: You're not. You're not giving enough information. Is this a group of young black males who are attacking white students? Is that what it is? Or, like, what, what are we talking about? I'd love at the end, anyone with information. Oh, yeah, because there's so much information here. See, folks, this is what it's become, right? Where your safety takes a back seat. To political correctness. Now, I'll say it. Four people injured, Texas high school shooting, authorities looking for a black suspect. Can I say that? Is that racist to say that? A black suspect, young man. I'm looking at a photo of him. He's got an earring. He's got either, I don't know what he's got, braces or something, but he's African-American. OK, that's who they're looking for. Like, this is becoming ridiculous now. Like, what, what are we talking about? Is it more important not? Well, you don't want to offend anyone and say that they're looking for, you know, a young black male. Why is that offending anyone? Why is that offending anyone? I don't think that should be considered offending anyone. I don't think it should be considered. If someone would be offended by that, you know, then they should be explained. Hey, listen, you shouldn't be offended at that. That's who the shooter was. Now I'm going to do a story on it. I'll do a story on it. I'll go up there and I'll I'll get more information from these students, and then maybe we'll get some action and be able to figure out. Exactly who was involved in this. But one thing I can tell you, you're certainly not going to get them with this type of report. Now, I don't know. I've been in a story with Rob Nesbitt. I don't know him personally. So I don't know this is him or this is Channel 12. But folks, does, does that really make sense to anyone that, you know, now when they're trying to, they, they, these are victims of crime. And I think the fact that, you know, they have been harmed, I think that should take precedence over someone who's like, well, we we don't want to say, you know, that the, it was, we don't want to say it was a group of black kids. Were were they illegals? Were they young black male? Whoever's doing this are criminals and they're punks and they're harming people. So what's the goal? is is the goal to make sure you don't offend anyone or but just at the end of it don't say anyone that has any information information on what you're not giving anyone anything to go on see that type of thing is just i mean that that like to me is a joke right well there's a group of young men oh okay cuz that narrows it down listen it, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with saying it was a group of latino youth it was a group of young black men that attacked these pc students here's another thing maybe there's a common denominator a group of white pc students are being attacked by young black men that live in the pc area you can't say why why not isn't that what happened? Like, when did it become? When did it become that we can't give out? I, I don't think there's anything. I'll be very What is racist about that statement? Well, their race, Here's the other thing. Here's what I like that. Their race has nothing to do with it. I, I, excuse me. The, their race has everything to do with it. If you are. Let's just say. And again, folks, right now, one thirty seven. On this Wednesday afternoon, it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. All right. Let's just say that, you know, there is a common denominator. What is it? The black youths seem to be preying on white students. Now we have a link. Did they attack any black students? No. No they attack any asian students no they attack any latino students no are they attacking boys i'm just, again i'm just no okay so if you're a white female you need to be on guard because there are black youth around the pc area that are attacking white female students how is the, i repeat how is that a racist statement? It's not a racist statement. Sounds like what's going on. Now, if they say, you know, the gangs are white, they're black, they're Latino, they're attacking black students, they're attacking white students, they're attacking boys and girls, well, then it's a different story. But I'll tell you what, how this isn't going to end. A group of young men seem to be attacking students. Anything else, Helen Keller? Could the description be more vague? Is it possible? Not really. Folks, this portion of the John DePetro show at 139 on this Wednesday is brought to my competition shooting supplies. Stop it and see our leader, John Francis, 401 727 located 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. He's my gun guy, and he's going to treat you great. It is competition shooting supplies. Now, I'm seeing right now students being evacuated and moved to pickup site. So this is the shooting in Texas. 18-year-old Timothy George Simpkin. He's black. He may be driving a 2018. Now, notice Silver Dodge Charger with the license plate. Now, they could have just said he's driving a car, but they didn't, did they? What did they tell us? A 2018 Silver color of vehicle year 2018 Dodge make and model charger, make and model of car. Now you want to be on the lookout for an 18-year-old, Timothy George Simpkins. No, it's 18-year-old black, young black male, Timothy George Simpkins driving a 2018 silver Dodge Charger. And then they give out the license plate. See, folks, not that complicated. Not that complicated. Like I said, do we want to catch him or not? Well, we, I love this line. Well, we don't want to offend anyone where we're trying to catch the perpetrator. What is more important? Catching the criminal? Or someone who just says, you know, I'm offended by that. Why did you have to say that police are looking for a a group of young black men? What should they have said? They should have just said they're looking for young men. What, what What's wrong with listing uh, the race of the student? Well, you don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, but it's pertinent to the crime. Possibly. Folks, visit the website, petro.com Brought to you by Pat Elston. Call Pat today. Caldwell Bank or Realty, 401-474-5253. There's a link at the website. 20 years experience. Licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, someone said to me, they said, Juan, you know, I'm hearing right now that the real estate market is just terrific. I said, as long as you're not, you know, dealing with an amateur, someone says, no, listen, just to let you know, this is my first sale. You're not going to deal with that with Pat Elston. 401-474-5253. Again, there is a link at the website to Petro.com. So there is breaking news. Um fourth, three victims of students, fourth may be a teacher. So now they're saying fourth, four shot in Texas. I don't want to confuse people. And even though they won't say it, the gunman happens to be an African-American. So that's who they're identifying as the gunman. But instead they're saying... There's a young man on the loose. How about Saturday Night Live season premiere, lowest rated episode in the show's history? Well, I didn't watch it. I tried watching some of the clips and wasn't funny. You know what else is, is, is just beyond comprehension is the fact that they tried to... It's all politics now with Saturday Night Live. I mean, if anything, they could really be going after Biden, they won't. They could really be going after the Democrats fighting, they won't. Lowest rated in the show's long running history, least watch of any episode. Five, four point nine million total viewers. How? Shh. But listen, if if people want to keep saying, because, see, they have a loud cheering section. Yeah, make fun of Trump and Pete Davidson's funny and just keep making fun of the Republicans. But that's not what brought the show fame. What brought the show and made Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Live was the it used to be they went after everybody. This is also funny. Iger's long goodbye. Disney's ex-CEO lingers. 18 months into the transition, Um, (laughs) Bob Iker, who was supposedly leaving, is still there. Now, that wouldn't mean anything. There was a period of time, many years ago, I did work for Disney, so I actually know who the guy is. Um, I think I met him one time at Lion King. But but Saturday Night Live, I mean, good. Um, One American Network, it's 90% of revenue. From CNN owner AT and T, you know I don't. Um, I don't watch a lot of of that uh, for the very simple reason that I don't think the people on One America really know what they're talking about. I don't. I think they're just. Um. They're they're just reading whatever they were told to read. That's just again my. My opinion. Now, folks, right now at 144, um, I want to um, also point out Congressman, Gentleman Jim, Jim Langevin, responds to Bishop Tobin on abortion rights legislation, responded, saying he's guided by the Constitution. Langevin said Pope Francis suggests bishop and priest need to be guides and shepherds rather than disciplinarians. So now he's telling the bishop what to do. Listen, this is really simple. He's not, gui- I'll tell you this at 145. Langevin is not guided by the Constitution. Langevin is guided by if he doesn't come out in support of whatever the strongest abortion language is, he's afraid he'd get a primary. It's that simple. And he may still get a primary. I hope some progressive does run against him. By the way, but that—that's like that's what it is, right? Um, let, let's not pretend that it's—it's it's something else. It—it's it, all in that he doesn't. Are you kidding? Because otherwise, you know, I interviewed him years ago, Congressman Langevin, and he said that one of the reasons he's pro-life. Is because he ended up, obviously, tragic shooting in a wheelchair. And he was a, a Warwick police cadet. And an officer was showing another officer in whatever they, I think like a locker room or somewhere where they changed a new handgun that he gotten And he didn't know a bullet was in the chamber. He accidentally shot it. It went out, ricocheted off something. And then that paralyzed Congressman Jim Langevin. I was at Bishop Hendrickson when he was there. But my point is. I've interviewed him, and he said, you know, after what I went through, I really cherish life. And it was a guiding principle for him on why he was pro-life, and that's kind of going by the boards now. Now, I think it's guided by if he came out and said, you know, I I just can't go along with this strict abortion language, he would find himself with a primary. And it's all now just about not having a primary, even though he he has certainly looked healthier in the past. Folks, this portion of the John DiPietro Show at 147 on this Wednesday is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, I want to appeal, if you're listening right now and you were in an accident and you need to get your vehicle fixed, first of all, it can happen. You're not planning on it. You're just going along, and suddenly, boom, you find yourself in an accident. If that's the case, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Autobody. 401-272-3340. Did someone hit your vehicle? Did someone hit your vehicle? Do you need to get your vehicle repaired? Call West Fountain Autobody today, 401-272-3340. Call them. And they will repair your vehicle showroom-like condition. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body. Now, folks, right now, I want to play for you the Channel 12 story. Uh, This is the contract controversy that is kind of engulfing right now Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. And it's got some new layers to it. Let's hear it. Ted Nisi breaks it out for us, and there were some pretty damaging hearings yesterday. This is the Channel 12 report on Governor McKee.
0: Senators zeroed in on a Zoom meeting that Governor Dan McKee held days after he took office, and they questioned whether this entire bidding process was designed to benefit one company. The objective of the hearing is to get a handle on all the facts. Senate Oversight Committee Chairman Lou De Palma kicking off the first hearing on the controversial ILO group contract. The McKee administration receiving bipartisan criticism. It doesn't hold water. It does not hold water. My mom always used to say where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And there's a lot of smoke here. As Target 12 first revealed, the state awarded ILO an education consulting contract partly to help reopen schools during the pandemic despite the fact the company bid millions more than an experienced competitor. ILO was incorporated 2 later. After McKee took office, and at the time, ILO's managing partner was an executive at a nonprofit led by the governor's longtime ally, Mike McGee. Officials insisted no corners were cut. The evaluation itself was handled by four experienced individuals. It was extremely comprehensive. It was there, um, It was thorough. But senators pointed to this entry on the governor's calendar showing McKee scheduled a meeting with Mike McGee and the state purchasing agent the same week he took office and ILO was incorporated. Senator Stephen Archimbald pressed Department of Administration Director Jim Thorson about that meeting. I didn't know who ILO was. I, with all due respect, I didn't ask you if you knew who ILO was. ILO was discussed in the Zoom meeting. Isn't that correct? Within the context of Mike McGee, had known people at ILO. It was discussed in the Zoom meeting. Yes. That's correct, right? Correct. Under questioning, witnesses also disclosed that the value of ILO's contract was set at up to $5.2 million by the governor's staff, not the independent review team that had vetted the company. Who decided the the breakup of 900000 to West Ed? So, so once they were deemed eligible, yes. the agency, in this case, the governor's office, uh, had further discussions with the vendors and then decided how to break up the work. The ILO contract is funded with federal coronavirus relief dollars. Lawmakers are set to continue scrutinizing the deal at two more hearings on Wednesday. With the Target 12 investigators, Ted Nisi, 12 News.
1: You know, folks, there's there's nothing good about that story. And I know that the McKee people are trying to put out language that Hey, you know, we didn't want to see these people go by the boards and they were very valuable to have. But um, that's another one of those that he is just he's creating, creating another problem for themselves. Now, I also want to play. Listen to this. This is a UCLA student paid 70,000. He is doing his classes remotely. I think he was on with Laura Ingram last night. He calls them. They're now telling him that they're going to drop him from his classes if he doesn't show his vaccination status. He's not even in class. Listen to this college student. And he keeps emphasizing this was after they got his 70000 Here we go. This is
4: our online, and I just got this call from my university that they're dropping my classes after we've already paid. If I don't report to them about my health, listen to this. Dropping students after they've already paid for classes if they don't upload their vaccination status. The student wellness Center conducts the polar vaccination and we track of your records. And you're calling to tell me you will drop you're calling to tell me you will drop my classes after we've already paid seventy thousand dollars for the year if I don't upload something about my vaccine status when all my classes are online. That's what the call's about? Thank you. Wow. I'm shaking right now. I am a college student from home. All of my classes are online. Why does my university need any information from me? I don't go onto the campus. We're on Zoom. I take tests over Zoom. I do school from my living room and my kitchen. We're a week into classes right now, a week in. And I get a call like that? Are you kidding me? This is about health? You're dropping my classes if I don't report to you something about my health when I do it all from home. I can't be contagious because I'm at home, alone, and we've already paid.
1: Wow.
5: (laughs) Welcome to 2021.
1: Folks, again, that is, um, you think about that. How on earth does that make sense? So right now it's 154. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. I mean, that, even I, like, what are the, they What? What? cannot, he is not even in class, not even in class, and they want to know, and, and think of that, think how moronic that is, and I'll, I'll even go this, whoever that student was talking to, um, but by, by all accounts. The student, the, the, the student was talking to someone at the school who, who was basically just told, you know, to, to do that. Um, that. Now, I know some people are trying to push back and say that it's for people that plan to be in person. But only if you plan to take in-person cam- um, classes or be on campus. But I I don't I'm not sure what to um, to make of that, because that's that's not the way. Oh, let me find. um, Oh, okay. Wow. He um, I see his name now. I see him doing that. I think he was on Laura Ingram. But that all the classes are online. He hasn't even stepped on the campus. And yet they want to know his vaccination status. Now, it's possible he left that part of the story out. It, that is possible, by the way. Um, but, folks, something that also, how about tens of thousands of illegals are camped out in Colombia, and guess where they're coming? This was the Today Show this morning, let's listen to the report.
0: Border crisis: tens of thousands of migrants are still heading to the United States, despite last month's removal of that huge group
3: from a makeshift camp at the Texas border. Many of them are now gathering in Colombia. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is there. He's at a beach town in Colombia that's become a real
0: bottleneck. Gabe, good morning good morning the tents are crammed onto this beach rows and rows of them packed with desperate migrants trying to get into neighboring panama if you're wondering how so many haitian migrants ended up at the texas border last month this is why and more are on the way this morning, Nico Colombia, is no longer a tourist town. Some twenty thousand migrants, many of them trying to head to the U.S., are now camped out here, desperate to leave. Among them, Haitians, Cubans, and Venezuelans. Okay, I see. You, I got... This man tells us he left Haiti more than a month ago after the earthquake there, and says he won't stop now. Each day, they.
1: You know, this is um, as I've said. I don't. I don't understand why they have to be coming to the United States. Folks, a lot of places to live in the world. Not everybody can live in the United States of America. Not everybody wants to live in the United States of America. Uh, I I don't know why it's our obligation. We have to bring everybody in. Everybody has to come and live here. You know why? A big part of this is, is really just because... Because it's free, right? Because they just feel that everything's going to be for free. Other countries offer things for free, by the way. This is another example how, folks, as and why I was broadcasting from Washington last week is what we've told you. And that is President Trump was a tremendous deterrent against illegal immigration. Biden, it's an open border. Biden Anybody can come in. They have a plan. Their plan, let those people stay and get as many of them in here as possible. That's the plan. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to by RE Coogan and Heating. It's Coogie. Folks, call today. 24-hour emergency service, gas boilers, oil burners, hot water tanks, plumbing, heating, cooling. They do it all. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. I had personal firsthand experience. A week ago Sunday, boom, no hot water in the independent household. What happened? Hot water tank gave out. Did I panic? No, did I try to fix it? No, what did I do? I called R.E. Coogan Heating. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is com. I let them into my home. I didn't do it alone. 401-732-6562. Folks, it's John Petro. As always, visit the website, petrocom You can also get all my links to social media, whether it is Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or Instagram. Now, coming up. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. We're back tomorrow at 11. By the way, the big news coming up school shooting in Texas. Last I heard, the gunman still on the loose, 18 year old student, three students shot, and one teacher shot. You're going to hear about that and more coming up in the 2 o'clock news. And then stay tuned for the John Dion program right here on AM 1380.
5: This is WNRI One Socket.